this past week has brought sadness to us. There's no other word for it. A time of parting, a time of sadness. A dear sister in Christ has been taken from us into the presence of the Lord. As I thought about her, I was reminded very much of her joy in Christ, of her joy in sins forgiven. And that's the context of Psalm 32. The psalmist was filled with joy because his sins had been forgiven. As you look through Psalm 32, you'll notice that he hadn't always been joyful. He hadn't always been rejoicing, shouting hallelujah, praise the Lord. There had been that time when he had known the consequences of sin. See that in verses 3 and 4 where he says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Sin always has consequences. Sometimes we think of the consequences of sinful actions as being perhaps violence. You you hit somebody, they're hurt, they're injured. That's a consequence of sin. But sin has a consequence on you, whatever your sin might be. An unkind word. An unkind action. Telling a lie. Yes, it affects other people, but it affects you too, because you are guilty. Because you were guilty before the Holy God. You can try to ignore the fact that sin has consequences, but nevertheless, it does. So much of the unhappiness in our world today is caused by the consequences of sin. The general consequences of the fact that we are all sinners. The Psalmist David came to that point where he realized that sin has consequences and had made his life miserable. He was rather tormented with his guilt. Strong words. 
There was a time when he kept silence. He, he refused to confess. Perhaps he tried to keep it hidden from other people. He kept silence. But the consequences of sin was heavy in his daily life. He speaks of his bones waxing old through his roaring all the day long. He felt weak in body, weak in mind. The psalmist had to come to that place where he could no longer cope in himself. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. He was no longer feeling fruitful, productive. His guilt weighed heavy. The hand of the Lord was heavy upon him. Have you ever experienced that sense of being guilty before the Holy God? Have you ever had an awareness that God is holy, but you are a rebel, a sinner, undeserving of any good thing from God. Dear friends, I do pray that you will look to the holiness of God and contrast it. With your own life, your own heart, your own thoughts. Every unkind thought. Every untrue word. Every godless action brings its own judgment from God. The psalmist when he kept silent, could find no peace. Life grew hard. Proverbs 13 verse 15 tells us that the way of transgressors is hard. Oh, it's true to say that there is pleasure in sin. The pleasures of sin... But, 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 the pleasures of sin endure, but for a season. Eating a forbidden chocolate biscuit has its own excitement. But you shouldn't have done it. A trivial example. Many people try to escape reality. Many people try to escape the sense of guilt by doing things that are wrong. Why do so many people turn to alcohol, cannabis and other drugs? Why do people do so many things for a momentary buzz? 
Why do people try to forget the mundaneness of their lives? Because we are guilty before the Holy God. But that which is wrong has its own cost. There's no peace in a life of sin. And reading that the way of transgressors is hard is itself a gracious fact. Because the hardness of the way of sin can be its own restraint. It's a warning to us. Not to call that which is evil good. Or that which is good evil. Oh dear friends. Let us examine ourselves. And be conscious of our own sin. And know that the consequences of sin are serious. The psalm does not tell us what particular sin troubled David. We know that he was guilty of the most serious of sin. He was guilty of adultery. He was guilty of murder. He was guilty of lying. And he tried to hide and cover up his sin with another sin. And with another sin. The matters only got worse. But we're not told in this psalm what particular sin he had in mind. What we do know is that sin has its cost. Nothing that is sinful meets with God's approval. Habakkuk 1 verse 13 tells us, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. For God is holy. We don't know what David's particular sin was that he was thinking of in this psalm. But as I say, we know he was guilty of the most serious sin. And if David could find forgiveness for the most serious of sin, then we can find forgiveness whatever we've said or done wrong in our own lives. But David did not stop with these thoughts of the consequences of sin. Now, second point, confess your sin unto the Lord. Verse 5, I acknowledged my sin unto thee and mine iniquity. Have I not hid? I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest 
the iniquity of my sin. What wonderful words these are to read. The psalmist who had been so troubled by his sin came to that place of confession where he told the Lord that he was a sinner. He acknowledged his guilt. He brought it all onto the Lord and looked to him for forgiveness. This is something that we should follow. This is something that we should do on a daily basis. But there has to be that point in time where you first see yourself as God sees you. Where you acknowledge your own guilt. We have to come with humility. We have to put aside pride. We have to say, as that publican did, that despised tax collector when he came to prayer. And with great sorrow, he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We have nothing but guilt to bring to God. But sinners, Jesus will receive. The Apostle Peter, after he witnessed the miraculous catch of fish, became conscious of his own unworthiness and said, Luke chapter 5 and the 8th verse, Depart! From me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Do we have that sense of sin? Do we have that sense of the holiness of God? Do we cry out with that publican, God be merciful to me, a sinner? Forgive us this day our trespasses. We should seek to keep a short account with God. Sin is terrible in his sight. What blessing there is through acknowledging with David, your sin unto the Lord, of confessing your transgressions. My dear friends, the Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners. What words of grace these are. What words of blessing. When Adam rebelled, broke God's command, 
we read that the Lord called him. And the Lord brought him to a place of confession. And then the Lord provided a covering through the death of an animal. That animal's blood was shed. That animal's skin given to Adam and Eve was only a temporary covering. But it spoke, it looked forward to the death of Christ, the Lamb of God, taketh away the sin of the world. My friends, take time to confess your sin. Don't try to justify yourself or excuse yourself. That's what Adam did. The woman you gave me. No. Don't blame other people for what you do that is wrong. Each of us stands on our own before the Lord. Our only option is to confess our sin, our own unworthiness. Nothing in my hand I bring. Dear friends, we have nothing but words of confession. The Lord knows you. He knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking at this very moment. He knows whether you're paying attention or your mind has drifted off onto something else. Do you care? Do you care about your sin? Do you care about your soul? Do you care about the Lord and his glory? This is why Christ Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The psalmist says, thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. The psalmist was weighed down in consequence of his sin. But that sorrow led to repentance. Second Corinthians 7 verse 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Dear friends. Jesus came preaching the message repent and believe the gospel we are not to run away wildly as a horse bolting nor to be stubborn like a mule we are to come and confess our sin before the Lord. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 assures us 
if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are all sinners before the Holy God. But wonder of all wonders, he has opened up the way of salvation. Our guilt can be dealt with through the finished work of Christ. Our third point is the joy of free forgiveness. Sometimes people make the great mistake of thinking that the Old Testament is all about doom and gloom. It's law and condemnation. Yes, it is about God's law. God tells us what is holy, what is good, what is nice, what is lovely, and what is wrong. God tells us that we are sinners. That's the truth. To be honest, there's nothing more loving than to tell people accurately what their problem is. And then to go on and give them the solution to the problem. To explain what God is doing, what God will do, what God has done. There's much joy in the Old Testament. Psalm 32 is one such example. Yes, the psalmist tells us about his terrible experience, that sense of guilt he was weighed down with, the suffering he went through because of the consequences of his own actions. But he also tells us of the joy the unspeakable joy and delight that he had because his sins were forgiven. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. These are words of Tremendous hope and encouragement. They should fill your heart with joy if you know what it is to have your sins forgiven. You're not to have to face the punishment for doing wrong. No. Punishment can be horrible. But when God forgives us, we don't have to bear the punishment ourselves because Jesus bore the punishment that's why he came that's why he died on the cross this is the message of Psalm 22 it's the message of Isaiah 53 it's the great hope of Genesis 3 God is Gracious, God has provided the way of salvation. God is saving sinners. 
people like us who don't deserve it. And what joy should fill our hearts and our lives every day when we think of how wonderful this salvation is. What great love has been poured forth. Oh dear friends. It's a wonderful truth. Genesis 15 verse 6 we read, And Abraham believed of the Lord, and he counted it to him for, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed, and he was counted righteous. There's nothing for us to do. Abraham wasn't saved because of things he later did. He was saved when he believed. When he trusted God. And that is something to really rejoice in. Because we can trust God. When God says it, he means it, and he will keep his word. If being forgiven depended upon my being good for the rest of today, I would fail. If my being forgiven depended upon being good for the rest of the week, impossible. But it doesn't. It depends only on what Jesus Christ has done. His finished work on the cross. What a glorious truth. He he lived that sinless life. He died as a substitute. And he rose in triumph from the tomb. We have much to rejoice in. Our lives should be filled with thankful rejoicing and proclamation of this joyous truth. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If you are trusting in Christ, you are forgiven. He's done it all. There's much, of course, in life that we're not to delight in. Many things that are unhelpful. The Psalms begin with that introductory Psalm number one. Another beatitude. Another Psalm that tells us about blessing. Psalm number one, verse one says, Blessed is the man who Walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Oh, that we would be people who filled our minds, who filled our lives. With the word of God. Who delighted in it. Learning more. About what holiness is. Learning more about what grace is. The love of Jesus. What he did at Calvary. The great promises. 
that this word of truth has for us. The promises that Jesus is coming again to receive his own unto himself. Oh, this world is very shabby. It's been so affected by the consequences of sin. But our hope is not in what this world offers. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let us rather delight in the word of the Lord. Let us rather delight in the great truths of free, free forgiveness. By the grace of God, through the finished work of Christ at Calvary, our assurance of forgiveness comes because of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Comes through reading the scriptures. Comes through believing what God has said. And this psalm ends with the words in verses 10 and 11. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. Who are the righteous? Those like Abraham who have faith. Who have faith in God's promise. Who have faith in God's salvation. Who have faith in Christ Jesus. His finished work. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous. And shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. Oh I do pray. That we might be people. That you will be a person. Who comes to God. Confesses your sin. And then enjoys the blessing of free forgiveness that you can be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Amen.